Greetings, and welcome to the RPG Review Board Podcast. You're listening to Episode 16. In this episode, the board administers their righteous judgment upon the Fantasy Trip Legacy Edition. Produced as a result of a Kickstarter in 2018, which received 1,572% of their funding goal. Designed by Steve Jackson, this edition of the game comes with everything a group would need for gritty, old-school fantasy RPG play. Join us as the board convenes in support of the betterment of tabletop gaming. Come now, the honorable representatives of the RPG Review Board. Oyez, 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 all rise. The RPG Review Board is now in session. My name is John Case Tompkins. I'm joined by Heidi Faith, Trey Gordon, Adam Lawson, and Nathan Stanley. If the judgment of this court helps you find a new game, help us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. All right, folks. Back at it for another review session. How is everybody? Actually, I have... Let let me start with this. What do we do here? We review games. And so we learn these new systems, and we try to parse them and hopefully help people find games that really work. My son... Hello, Sam, if you're listening. Had a new season episode, something or other, of his game Fortnite come out this weekend. He was very excited, and he wanted me to see it and everything that happened in it. And I cannot tell you a thing about that (laughs) game. Like, there's, there's like, there's guns, there's, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, shooting but you also kind of build things sometimes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and there was this big event and he and his friend were on plane together and it was it was as if they were riding on a roller coaster like that was the level of excitement they were just kind of squealing at each other and very very happy (laughs) and kind of inarticulate Mm -hmm. and noticing all of these things and i was like what is going on he's like you have to see this i'm like i don't i Do don't understand diamonds? it at all uh, no no diamonds were mined <laughs> then what's nope. the point i don't i don't anyway uh so all i'm saying is that to some people out there rpgs are as opaque as modern video games are to me and i hope that we we help to solve that problem here but <laughs> Anyway, that was my uh, that was my weekend confusion. Trey, any uh, any confusions in your part of the world? Yeah, you could maybe call it confusion. So on Thanksgiving, our, our daughter pulled this amazing coup, right? She 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 is in nearby college town, and so here's the way Thanksgiving went for us. We went to nearby college town to her apartment to cat sit for her while she went with her boyfriend to far away other town to have Thanksgiving with his parents. So our daughter pulled this thing off where, she, where we would go to her college town and she still wouldn't have to have Thanksgiving with us. <laughs> oh, she sounds... Now, the real question is, when did you realize this? No, no. Well, we realized it long ago because I'm leaving out a lot of important points that make it sound stranger than it is. She has her cat of many years and two new kittens and so cat of many years 
loves these kittens like I love like bee stings. <laughs> so oh no yeah 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 no 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 she, she she can't abide them and and they just think oh it's Aunt Grump and they just pile on her right um Lord. so and she freaks out well let's out. just start with the cat's name is Aunt Grump well that's yes. what I decided the kittens called her her actual <laughs> name is Licorice but uh, oh, okay I was gonna but, say hey no <laughs> they they call her Aunt Grump but that's not the point of the story the point of the story is. That while we were there, I've, I've had this I've had this board game that I've been wanting to play test for a while. I think you guys know that it's only a two person game though. I thought I'll take it with us, and my wife and I can test this game. And I'll for for reasons that will become clear to you in a moment. I am not going to say the name of the game because it didn't actually get play tested because we started the game. First, let me give you a little background. My wife is much like Case's sister. Case's sister has come up on several occasions on, on this podcast that she just does not like role-playing games. My wife is much the same, only just any game of any kind. So we sit down to play this game. I'm like, just, you know, just play the game and, you know, I just want to see how the game works. And it didn't go well. <laughs> no, those things never do. No, no. Huh. no. She's like, all right, what do I do? I'm like, well, you have these choices of things you can do. You're like, which one do I pick? I'm like, probably one of these two would be the best at this point, which one? I'm like, that one. She's like, okay, I do that one. Oh, <laughs> That's man. the way it went the whole time. Oh, you know, man. for like several, several turns. And finally she's like, I'm bored. Oh, no. <laughs> Playing a game with your wife is sort of like taking your son trout fishing. It's like, he's never <laughs> right. going to love it. Like, right. It's like, right. oh, no, this will be great. This will be father and son. Like, I did this with my father. <laughs> right. And it's like, no. I suffered through it with my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Between you two with this board game and this Fortnite, I, mm-hmm. yeah. Nah, okay. No. Well, listen. <laughs> listen. What we do know is that Trey's daughter conned him into cat sitting. But there is <laughs> a person right. here who does not need to be conned into cat sitting. Heidi, how are you doing? Never. Not in a million years. Bring your cats to me, people. <laughs> I will take them all. Nice. <laughs> Actually, no, don't, because they multiply very quickly. It's true. <laughs> and it's I true. do not need any more. No. Um, no, I am great, y'all. As you guys congratulated me, be pre- uh, push and record buttons. It is my birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Heidi. Happy birthday to you. You can cut all of the Trey singing part, Adam. <laughs> hey, uh, don't you dare. Just don't zero out that track. Just zero <laughs> no. it out. Just in the public domain recently by lawsuit within the last decade. Or no, so. that's true. So we're good. <laughs> no, but it, it has been a it's been a good weekend. It's been a good day, and I have a few good. things on the horizon to celebrate with a few friends and some family. So things are good, and I got my booster shot today, y'all. So yeah. and I'm not feeling, and I don't feel any side effects. Oh, yeah, I didn't either. Or yet, or 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 yeah. in, increased. Uh, Wi-Fi receptivity, which would be, no, be really no. nice. I don't know. Uh, my my chip G. is not picking it up. So. No, fair enough. Um, Nathan, I know your 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 chip picks everything up. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. The most interesting thing that happened to me in the last few weeks here, I was invited to a friend's house because they had their family over, and usually 
I'm invited to friends' houses when they have their family over because I arrive usually with close to a dozen board games. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I taught a whole bunch of people that did not know how to play Secret Hitler how to play Secret Hitler. And I have never seen such a fast slide into dystopian nightmare <laughs> than... <laughs> A family yeah. that learns how to call each other fascists. Yes. <laughs> Holy moly, that was crazy. Oh, wow. Oh, that was great. Ooh. Um, Ooh, this, these I are maybe am, some rough times to be doing that, my friend. <laughs> I hopefully did not do anything to cause any strife in a marriage. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, and I quote-unquote shot my host's aunt um oh. that happened in the game as <laughs> nice. well yeah it was just a whole lot of like that makes dinner so awkward secret hitler is one of those games where like you can't play and be a nice person so um yeah it was fun do with this what you will but as if if i am playing the fascists in secret hitler i remain undefeated oh uh, my. i'm really really good at seizing power yeah that that yeah. game is super fun okay this game sounds terrifying yeah listen the trains <laughs> run on time that's all I have to say. Oh, God. The trains are going to run on time. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of people being on time, Adam, Adam was always on time. And uh, now I think you've got even more to worry about with, with teenage drivers, right? Being on time. Yeah, I do. Yeah, twin daughters, and they both got their license, but they're doing a, they're doing a great job there. Uh, speaking of daughters, and th- speaking of nerd culture things, I know Trey was saying that that his daughter did a crit on her persuasion role <laughs> <laughs> during the holiday. Um, and speaking speaking of holidays, uh, my wife got me a great gift. Every year we get an advent calendar for everybody, and this year my advent calendar was from Q Workshop. So every day in December up to Christmas, I get to open a new die from Q Workshop. So that's Ooh, kind of fun. That's so cute. Right where the holidays and nerd culture intersect there. Tabletop so role-playing games jealous. and Christmas. Nice. Yes. So, so that was a that was a great gift. And uh, speaking of boosters, I'm scheduled to get mine tomorrow. So excited about that. Hey, booster nice. buddy. Woo-hoo. Booster buddies. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, this will this will actually improve our tech. Um, we'll actually be able to record the podcast without any microphones from here on That's right. Just, yeah. That's right. You enter a code right. and Bill Gates <laughs> sets you up kinda... and uh, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. From wherever we are. Speak into your oh, yeah. yeah. And that, uh, speaking of conspiracies, uh, <laughs> it is perhaps appropriate that we are, uh, we're going to be reviewing today a game made by the Illuminati Pyramid. Oh. Uh, and if you've been around <laughs> for a while, you know that the... Good um, segue. Nicely done. Thank you, sir. The Illuminati Pyramid is, uh, graces the packaging of all Steve Jackson games. And uh, we are looking at a game today called The Fantasy Trip. So let me say a little bit about The Fantasy Trip as a product. It is interesting in that, unlike most RPGs, you don't go out and buy a big book. You start off by buying a little box. A little box is about 15 bucks, and it gives you a skirmish game called Melee. And Melee gives you all of the rules for having combat with a bunch of little figures. It's got relatively simple creation rules for those figures. You give them a strength score and a dex score. You give them some armor and some weapons, and then you have them fight each other. Um, And if you like that, you can add another little box, which is about $15, and that is Wizard. Wizard is melee, but with spells. So you can make a wizard. It adds another stat 
intelligence, IQ, and wizards can cast spells and summon monsters, and you can have wizards fight other wizards or fight your fighters or whatever you want to do. And then, if you like both of those little games, you can add a book called In the Labyrinth, which run, runs for about 35 and provides, on top of those combat rules, a set of role-playing game rules that is sort of ties the two together and allows you to do things like level up your character, gain abilities, go on adventures, that sort of thing. This game is, I think, it's safe to say our first truly old-school game. One of the wonders of modern RPG, the RPG marketplace, is that a lot of the games that people played in the past aren't gone forever thanks to PDF sites like DriveThruRPG. This one was the subject of a fairly successful Kickstarter, but it hasn't seen print until very recently since 1980. And you could argue it kind of seems like that. But let's start with with just that basic rule set. Have, for the rest of you, and, and several people talked about this, let's talk about the rules as uh, the experience of playing it as if you're, you're not starting with making a character and coming up with, like, motivations and all that sort of stuff. You just start out with a dude and, like, weapons, and you've got, like, a couple of stats, and that's it. Very, very stripped down. What did you guys think about that kind of stripped down nature? One of the things that I liked about the stripped down nature was the idea that you have a number, and all you got to do is just roll equal to or under that number. And you don't get confused about what bonuses to apply. You're not adding, oh, I forgot the plus two because I was flanking or whatever. There are a handful of times where you might roll one fewer die if you're in a situation that's beneficial to you. Or maybe an additional die if you're really at a disadvantage. But for the most part, you're chucking some dice. You're literally counting the dots on those little sugar cubes. And you're seeing if you're... Uh, equal to or under, and if so, you succeeded. If you are really far under, you might even do something really cool, optional rules for crits and things like that. Um, but I love the fact that like it's handled with advantage and disadvantage with just adding another die, but really no need to concern yourself with any additional like math beyond that, and it keeps right. it real tight. And actually, in a weird way, no reason to um, refer to the the DM at all, the game master. You know, you know what I never got asked? Did I hit? Because you know. Ooh, yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because armor soaks up damage. It doesn't affect your hit, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hit if you are, uh, you hit if you roll into your your attack score, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, so far as, as a group, <laughs> very prone to your D6 games. We are D6 enthusiasts, for sure. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I don't know I think, that that's true. I think it's just I, an accident. The luck of the die. I, yeah. I didn't oh, think it was it. true either. However, it's so far. It, I feel like all of the games we play were like so, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> we should yeah. look into that further. But yeah, I. but, but Adam's right. It's definitely, uh, it makes it, it a lot easier. And I didn't even think to your point of, I don't think any time we had to ask you. We knew immediately. I mean, for example, I hit horribly through this entire game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the dice <laughs> hated you. And I knew you. it. <laughs> they did. Yeah. 
That yeah. Well, you were sitting right next to Adam in our playtest, and he was rolling like a god. So I don't know if yeah. he was dumping <laughs> his bad luck on you or something. I don't I know. I don't know. As a counterpoint, well, Adam took his sword and me and turned me into a popsicle. <laughs> This is true. Oh, this that is, is true. true. Yeah. Yeah. I got very murdered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first thing we did to learn the game was to was to actually just fight each other. And yeah, it, it, it got very brutal very quickly. This is, you know, if you want to talk an old school game, one of the things that is old school about it is its lethality. This game is not kind to you and does not forgive you not only does not forgive you for mistakes but doesn't forgive you for just bad luck um <laughs> i think one thing that is a byproduct of what we we're talking about there was that you didn't you didn't have to ask the game master if you hit but the other side of that same coin is that it means that it doesn't matter what you're trying to hit. The onus is on your character's build to determine how successful you are. You're going to hit the big bad guy as often as you hit the tiny little insignificant goblin or whatever it is. Just as often because the onus is on your die roll against your stat. And it doesn't have a big influence how the uh, opposing character is built. They may, if you do hit, mitigate damage a certain way. But the onus is more on your character's stats when you hit, which is uh, conceptually different. And, and sort of the byproduct of that is you're going to hit everybody equally, and it doesn't really matter how the bad guys are built. Right. The, the thing that can matter in combat, at least, is the, the choices you have made in maneuvering your character in a battlefield. Like, mm, like right, I said, yeah. we, this game starts off as a little box of rules for fighting figures. That game is robust. You don't ever actually need to move beyond it. If you just want a quick, fairly tactical uh, little game about skirmishing, it's there. And so a lot of the choices for upping your capacity to hit and do damage are about positioning, careful movement, uh, that sort of thing. It's all played out on a hex grid. Yeah. And so facing matters. I thought it was fun we, when we got into fights because, you know, all the, the, the maneuvering becomes very strategic. You know, can I get around behind this guy without becoming engaged with any of the other figures on the map? You know, because that'll give me this huge bonus to hit him, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, it is a it is a full fledged miniatures game, is what I would say, uh, with all that that entails. So it does kind of cut both ways, right? Well, I don't know that it's a miniatures game. This is actually something I want to come up later, bring up later, because it you have to have that hex grid for it to work. So it is definitely a like a board combat game? Well, I mean, I think in my mind, I'm kind of uh, drawing some parallels with like when I used to play Battletech, right? Hex grid, yeah. okay. facing, sure. facing matters when you move matters, very matters, very, very matters when you move. And, you know, your your experience in that combat can be can be make or break based on the choice you make about where you position your dude. And, and I think what I mean by, you know, everything that comes with a mini sort of game like that, you know, how it cuts both ways is that that can be very, very rewarding and combat almost tells a story because of that. You know, you don't have to imagine what the fighter is doing because he's doing something very specific to, to his turn to try and eke some advantage out over an opponent or whatever. 
On the other hand, if you're the sort of player that doesn't like drawn out combat, then that could certainly be a drawback for you. Yeah, that is the case. This is a very robust combat engine to start out with. And that may or may not be of advantage. Different people, different groups may find that an, uh, an advantage or not. But so let's let's move away from those initial two boxes, right? So you can play fighting guys, you can play wizard guys, and you can fight each other. But then they add this other book in the labyrinth. And what that allows you to do is make your character into something more than just a figure with some weapons with this point system that allows you to buy sort of special abilities. So there's a point buy system that gives you the capacity to spend points on all sorts of special abilities like, you know, uh, from something uh, something simple like forestry, right? I know my way around a forest to you know, all sorts of things like sex appeal or local lore. Uh, specialty with axes, those sorts of things. So the kind of thing you would expect from um, a more, uh, a, a larger RPG. And of course, if you're the wizard, you get to buy some spells. Uh, Nathan, you were playing a wizard. What did you think of the magic? Um, it was really interesting. You know, one of the things I really like about playing magic users is all of the ridiculous things you can do with with spells and the likes that break reality in some way holy cow does the spell list here let you break reality there are so many interesting things you can do there's a there are way more spells than you could ever possibly attain available to you and they do all sorts of cool things i think there is the this idea of like at least in other role-playing games of kind of min-maxing your character and so if you're gonna make a wizard you make your intelligence your really high stat and then everything else is a dump stat right because because you can just you know why you don't need strength you're gonna you're going to avoid combat and you don't need dexterity because no one's ever going to try and hit you or or you'll have shield spells and the likes right in this game they make all three stats count so just a word to the wise when you're building your wizard those those uh those stats count and the the one that I'm thinking of mostly is strength because every spell you cast costs you strength. So you weaken as you cast spells and play the game, which I think is really fun and interesting. Yeah, that is worth mentioning. Uh, there are three stats in this game and nothing is a wasted stat. Everything does multiple duties. Your strength is something that you use that tells you what kind of weapons you can carry, but it's also your hit points. Your agility is your uh, capacity to hit but it also dictates your movement uh, your uh, iq is your ability to cast spells but it also is the thing that unlocks various abilities for your character even if you're not uh, a, a wizard so there isn't something you can be like well i'm going to ignore that right uh it's very tight right yeah, so as a wizard, IQ determines the number of spells I can learn, but I need strength in order to actually cast those spells or to cast any number of spells in a combat to be of any use. Right, your your spell points are strength. They yeah, are your strength yeah. score. You know, it's it's you don't have spell slots like the other big RPG in the room. Uh, instead, you have your strength points. It'll say this spell costs two strength points to cast. And then uh, you can't even dump your decks because uh, oftentimes you need to hit something. 
when you when you cast that spell. F- f- fireballs and things like that. You, you've got a hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was it was really interesting and a lot more. Uh, it felt a lot more dynamic than I'm used to wizards feeling while playing. Just there's there's a lot more to consider and balance. And then, mind you, you're doing all this while playing that tactical game that we mentioned earlier. You know, in combat at least. So there's a lot to consider. This is a game that harkens back to the beginnings of the hobby. It really has not sort of been touched since 1980, uh, this particular game. Uh, And if anybody's curious about this, you can look up this. There's a whole history of this online about the rights of this being lost to uh, uh, Jackson and then him regaining them and kind of bringing this product back. And <laughs> there's a certain amount of typeface, type reset uh, uh, in the manual. But other than that, it's just pretty much like the old games. Now, Heidi, I know your experience is, is mostly with like Pathfinder, more... Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, D&D, right. uh, 5th edition, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I really want stuff, not so much. Not so much. And I really want to have this conversation between you and Trey because Trey, I know you and I have played some of those older games, but time has marched on, even though this game feels like it came out of a time capsule. So what was I just kind of want to go back want you to go back and forth on this. What did you think of this in comparison to something like a Pathfinder? Because there's a lot of difference. Heidi, you mentioned lethality, which unfortunately your character got a lot of, <laughs> a oh, lot of lethality. <sighs> I it was just bad luck, and honestly, I feel like if I need to roll high, I do okay. If I if the goal is to roll up, roll low, oof, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> it was not happening for me. Uh. I thought I was pretty like I thought I was gonna die within the first session of this game. I really did. So, yeah. Yeah, it didn't go that well for you. But, um. <laughs> well, but, yeah. but you you know, you look at something like this, and if, if you're familiar with a Pathfinder RP, like a Pathfinder character sheet, and then you look at this, and it's like, God, there's nothing here. Yeah, I feel like in other games, there's a little bit of uh, that kind of soft space for the, the, the DM or GM to kind of play with a little bit or maybe give you a little bit of grace, throw you mm-hmm. a few points for this or that, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, there's oftentimes those, oh, these have an experience point. You can use this. You can use that. Yeah. There's a little bit of those kind of soft gray areas that allow you some like, oof, man, she is dying. Can somebody heal her? Or can somebody kind of figure out a way to help her real quick and just get her some rest and we can recover? This game, uh-uh, Mm-mm. not at all. It is It is the way I think of my childhood growing up in the 80s when I tell like my nieces and nephews stories today of... You know, like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know, not wearing seatbelts in a car kind of thing <laughs> where I'm like, well, it's an 80s thing. Your, your your parents would just leave you alone. It was very much I was a kid of the like the late 70s and 80s. Like parents, it's not that they didn't care. That's just how it rolled. I feel like this game rolls by those same kind of rules where it's just like, man. You're sitting on the armrest in the front seat so you can see out the windshield, right? Yeah, J- just yeah, like we all yeah. did back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah. That is, that is this game. It's just like, no, you're fine, kid. Shake it off. Heidi, I want you to know that I am going to be spending the next week 
thinking about the idea of an expanded character sheet as a kind of protection around your character. That concept <laughs> just blew my mind. Um, no, and I have to. Sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to do a lot of thinking about this. Okay, Trey. Right, right. That, that Lex score is basically just a, one of those like balloon things that shoots out of your steering wheel and, and, and breaks your oh, nose. I just, can you, right. Wait a minute. Just imagine this. Can you think of, just think of like a character sheet, like all that complexity is protection? What? Okay. Uh, I've seen that. It's true. You just think of us as kids in the seventies or eighties. We didn't wear bike helmets. Today, no. today our kids do. Today I do if I'm riding, and I'm sure, like, sure. I can't believe I didn't wear a bike helmet before. We However, hadn't invented safety back then. Don't be too hard on. It didn't exist. <laughs> safety was a yeah, it was a non-issue back then. <laughs> okay, so Trey, Sorry. this Trey. is something that I I know you remember. I remember oh, yeah. gaming in this way. I don't know. What did that feel like? Did it feel like it's like, oh, I remember this pair of jeans. Like what? <laughs> yeah. I, what I was thinking, and I, I, I don't remember if I said this out loud at the, at the gaming table. I was sitting there going, oh, my friends and I would have hated this game in 1979. We wouldn't have wanted to play this at all. And I actually like it quite a lot now. But when I was a kid, we, we were all about the AD&D. We would have looked this gone, game and gone three stats, Bleh. <laughs> you know. What, how, how just IQ? What do you do? Intelligence and wisdom are supposed to be different. You know, we we wouldn't have. No, we we would have. Now we were idiots, but <laughs> that's that's how I think we would have seen this game. Um. And, and, you know, and all the moving around on a grid, we would have been like, I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, you know, yeah, the game is lethal. It's really lethal. And in, in a way that I think we would have also been turned off by. Are you just thinking it's a struggle? Your friends wouldn't have liked it because it was so simple? Is that? Yeah. Okay. So okay. another thing about this game is that it is levelless and yeah. classless. Yeah. Almost classless. In and this there game, is no magic you, healing. None. Right. Yeah. No. I was blown away by that. You yeah. are a wizard or you are not. And most people are not. There's not a there are no classes beyond that. And people who are not wizards can cast spells, but the cost is prohibitive. Wizards get all these spells. They can do things that other people can do, but it costs too much for them to do very much of it. If they're going to have regular skills and talents other than magic, it costs them more. So, Case, I have banged on on this podcast at some length about this thought that's been stuck in my head about what if you could just start out the game with the character you want to play and not have to worry about levels? Wouldn't sure. that be more fun? This game kind of does that. You know, as a starting character, if you're a wizard, you know, say you have a 12 intelligence or 12 IQ, you could conceivably start off with 12 really good spells, you know, and if your intelligence is probably, your, your IQ is probably going to be higher than that. So you're a full fledged wizard from the very get go. And yeah, yeah you don't have one spell. No, you don't. You don't start out with one spell and four hit points. Knock, and, magic you know, missile, and shocking grasp. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. You start out as, you know, and there's advancement. You get experience points, and as you advance, most things cost 500 experience points, whether new, whether it's a new spell for a wizard or a new talent for a not wizard. 
uh, some cost a thousand if they're particularly good or something. But from the beginning, you're pretty much who you're going to be. And I remember I, I, I had better luck than Heidi did and Adam did. Um, Rub it in, why don't you? I, I, I just, nothing ever hit me. It was like I was made a Teflon or something. But when I snuck up behind something and shanked it, it stayed shanked. I mean, the damage that I did with a hit was surprising. And I, I don't know, it was a pretty satisfying experience, frankly, for me. Again, no one ever hit me, and I was a squishy, squishy little clothy guy. But, you know, had I been hit, it might have been, it would have been just exactly like Heidi, because she and I were both just wearing oh, cloth no. armor. If so. I tried to shank somebody, I pretty much shanked myself. I mean, it was inevitable. You were just getting some pretty terrible rolls. Terrible rolls. The, the dice hated you in yeah, this game for yeah, some yeah. weird reason. It was just bad luck, bad luck. I'll come around again. It's true. I just, I don't know. I, I found, uh, I found how much you could do with these three stats. There's just three stats, and there's so much that goes into them, and so many permutations of what that means. So, for instance, as Nathan said, you spend strength to cast spells, which means that you, you know, you're weakening yourself as you go along in the dungeon to uh, to power your magic, but at the same time. If you're a fighter and you want access to some of those cooler abilities, you're not going to treat intelligence as if it's nothing to, is something to ignore. You're going to want intelligence so that you can get points, uh, you can get abilities. And your character, over time, you can advance your three stats, but those get progressively more expensive while the talents don't and the spells don't. It's just, it's all gated. So you start off as pretty much what you were going to be and just kind of get better at it over time. But that that getting better will take longer the longer you play, right? And so that is a distinct difference from the way that sort of modern class and level-based systems work, right? So you start off and you are kind of a wimp and not that much of a wimp, but you're kind of a wimp. And then there's this meteoric rise towards superstardom, right? And that's not this. You're kind of like, well, I'm this guy, and I'm, I'm going to get better, but not. I'm not going to become Superman, right? Adam, you wanted to say we. You mentioned this several times over the course of the uh, of our se- uh, sessions. You you have said that this feels this feels like a time warp, and I've I've made mention to this uh, of this too. Can you go a little bit more into that? Like, what about this strikes you as as particularly gaze into the crystal ball, the Wayback Machine? One of the major elements Trey touched on a little bit already is that it was one of the earliest sort of manifestations of a classless RPG. And it's it's probably, arguably, a truer adaptation of a war game into a role-playing game, more so even than Chainmail was to Dungeons & Dragons, because the fantasy trip as an RPG maintained the character creation rules from Melee. Whereas Chainmail changed, or I guess D&D changed the tra- Chainmail character creation rules to roll 3d6 for your attributes melee still says here is a point by system that is classless and that was 
That was really new. And this point by system is, you know, to call back Heidi's uh, analogy, uh, there's no seatbelts there. And I would argue <laughs> there are a lot of traps in the character creation process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Case, when you're saying your character starts out pretty good and then they just get a little bit better as they go along, there's no sort of like steep exponential rise. That's assuming your character lives the first combat. <laughs> right. Because it is very easy to create a character that would never survive. If you think you could dump a stat, you're wrong. Right. Because you're going to fail a save, not be able to hit, or do no damage if you do. That's the only option. So you have to balance them. And you have to do it yourself. So if you try to build a character that dumps something, or if you try to build a character who spent all of their IQ points on talents that aren't going to matter for your campaign, your, your character's not going to be around for very long. And uh, so I think of that as a very old school philosophy, because in a lot of modern RPGs, it's kind of hard to kill even a poorly built, ostensibly poorly built character. Because even if you build your character wrong, you know, you still got three death saves, just like everyone else does. No, not, not here, not here <laughs> in right. this game. No. Um, with that sort of old school feel, it's deadly, it's low hit points, it's hard to heal, and you could have, on the outset, built your character by falling into some of those character creation traps. There's a lot of options, and that's awesome. But it also sort of means, like, you may die a couple times before you figure out what matters to you and your campaign. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and I do have to say that as far as, as actually running the game, man, this thing is just so smooth. Once you figure out combat, combat, because it is it is inherently its own game, you do have to kind of learn. But one of the things that's difficult in running a modern game, say of 5th uh, edition or Pathfinder, is that there's so much for the DM to keep track of. And there's really not much. Like I said, you guys are the ones making the rolls. I make rolls for my monsters, but I don't have to worry about answering your questions all of the, the the game system of combat does that for you, or does that for me as the, the guy who's running the game. Okay, this next segment, I want to move into the, like, who is this game for? But I want to set this up in a slightly different way. Before, when we said, we talked about who is this game for, it's usually about, like, who who do we think would enjoy this game? This is a little bit different because this is the first time we've run a full-on fantasy game right and there are a lot of fantasy games out there including the big granddaddy of them all dungeons and dragons now with something like this the question is not who is this for people who like fantasy gaming but why would you play this as opposed to one of the one of the big fantasy games. Like, what would be the appeal of saying, hey guys, I know you like D&D, but we're going to play this. Not because we want to play spies or superheroes or aliens or robots or whatever, but because I want to do this fantasy as opposed to that fantasy. Nathan, what do you think? I think the sort of players that are going to enjoy this game as opposed to the ones that everybody knows like D&D uh, &D or Pathfinder are going to be the people that really want like a boiled down character sheet that really boils down to the essence of a character. You have three stats to manage. You can do exactly what your character sheet says you can do based on the things that you've purchased. 
uh, via a point buy, and your character is almost as customizable as you could possibly imagine your character being because of that. So someone who wants the simplicity of a D6 system with only a few stats, but without giving up the customizability that you get from something like Pathfinder or Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, this is definitely not a rules-light game. It's, no. It's simple, but it's not rules-light. It looks like it when you look at a character sheet, right? You look at the yeah. character sheet and you see three stats and you see a little block to put your special abilities. It looks like it's rules-light. It looks like you're about to play Tiny Supers, you know? It is not that. I, I agree. It takes about two seconds to create a character, but it also creates about two seconds to die. And there's a lot of <laughs> rules in between those things. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. That's very true. Okay, Adam, Adam, who do you think this is for? Oh, well, first and foremost, it's for nostalgia hounds. Um, <laughs> yes. I mean, very, very much so. This is a Steve Jackson vanity project, so much so that he released it knowing that it was going to compete with his existing line, the Dungeon Fantasy box set, which, you know, does a lot of the very similar things. But uh, but yeah, outside of just being a nostalgia hound, I echo what Nathan said. I think I really like where the axes intersect for high level of customization with low level of complexity while in play. It might be true that your complexity comes creating your character and picking the things, but once you hit the table and you're ready for a session, very low complexity. So if you want a classless, point-by, gritty RPG with high customization and low at-the-table complexity, this is the game for you. Yeah, Trey, what do you think? I think I would echo what Nathan and Adam have said so far, and I would also add that if you really, if you went into fifth edition D and D and you kind of missed the tactical aspects of fourth edition, this game would be worth a shot because you got the hex grid and the minute decisions that you make about where you're going to go and when are vitally important. And the longer you play this game, the better you're going to get at knowing all the little intricacies. You're going to know, you know, I can go in there and engage with this guy, but disengaging is really hard. Am I going to be able to, if if the next thing I want to do is this other thing, maybe I don't go in there because I'm not going to be able to get out unless something else, unless so-and-so can kill this guy and I don't have to disengage because otherwise I won't have enough of the freedom to do this next thing that I want to do. If you're really into tactical combat, then I think you're going to enjoy this game. Yeah, it's, it's squad-based tactics. And if, if that is your thing, this will really be your thing. Heidi, what do you think? All right, so I'm going to echo exactly what all of you all have said. But I'm going to add to this. Are you a kid who grew up liking the board game Stratego? Mm. Like, yeah. to me... Uh, to me, this is this gave me those same. I know it's a little different, but this gave me those same kind of vibes of just like you got it. You got to map it out a little. You got to think about it and like kind of strategically plan and look and you know, okay, what are we looking for? I don't know exactly yet, but we're trying to narrow it down. We're trying to go around this corner on this little map that we have. So I, I thought about that, and then the other thing I will add is. Also, and again, this might strike the heart of the children of the late 70s and 80s. Did you grow up having any kind of affection for movies like Beastmaster and Conan the Barbarian and Red Sonja? Like, and, you know, now you can go back and you can watch those things and you're like, ooh, I don't know how well this holds up, but I still have a place in my heart for it. That, 
that's for me that's how this felt a little bit i don't know that it would strike everyone like that like i still have a very much a respect for it in the fantastic world of you know this kind of stuff yeah i see what you mean yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how well it necessarily holds up to other games that have come out but there is a certain place of honor of like well yeah you have to play it at least once and you gotta experience it and you gotta respect it in that kind yeah. of thing so it has a certain pulpy low fa- low fantasy kind of feel to yeah, it that's yeah <clears throat> that's, i think that's, that's maybe what i'm getting at yeah. i don't know yeah no there's i i think that i think that's really interesting i like the idea of stratego um just, I oh no, I I, I think it's yeah. Well, but it, but it has that kind of like that might be your very first introduction to tactics, right? Yeah, planning things out and making moves, considered moves, right? And and you know, Stratego, the big thing was the reveal. Like, what did you have on the other yeah. side of that? Yeah. And there is a kind of you can get yourself into serious trouble the first couple of times you play this game. Mm-hmm. on that tactics grid if you're not aware of your movement and what different people can do so there's a lot of depth there and that's yeah that's actually what i who i would say this is for huh. i would say that this is for the people who have realized this unfortunate kind of i don't know if you can call it a dirty secret but this unfortunate reality behind like a modern rpg so a modern rpg like pathfinder D fifth edition has got all of these abilities that your characters get to fight, but combat is actually really boring. There is a lot of information about balancing encounters and developing encounters in the rule set, which suggests that combat encounters is what you should be doing. And yet the actual experience of being in those combats is a slog, it's boring. There are very few tactical decisions because there's just not enough important choices. And I've seen this over and over again with people who are starting to run RPGs for the first time. They fall into this trap of like, well, I sort of did what the game told me to do, but everyone was just bored. It's like, yeah, because combat is boring. If you think combat is boring in your favorite fantasy RPG, switch to switch to this switch to the fantasy trip because it is it will be deadly it will be surprising you're going to have to remake a, you're going to make another character the first couple of times but it will not be boring <laughs> <laughs> pole arms become useful you know a, a a game like this with 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 hexes and attack ranges you almost never see player characters using pole arms in D&D you know, I had one that did once and it was fun, but it just doesn't happen. There's no good reason to do it. But the way pole arms work in this game, the way they reach across hexes and can move between characters and things like that, it, like pole arm would be a really optimal thing to have if you had a couple of fighters with swords and one with a pole arm. That would be a really, really tough combination. Yeah, no, that's that's who I think this is for. Okay, let's put some cards on the table then. So if that's who this is for, considering what you like and what you appreciate about fantasy RPGs, what do you give this game? How do you rate it? Nathan. Yeah, I've been kind of wrestling with this one a bit, mostly kind of trying to figure out exactly how much I enjoyed this game versus how much I 
didn't like some of the clunkier aspects of combat, in my opinion, anyway. I think uh, I'm going to settle on a pass. I think it is at times clunky when you're trying to figure out exactly how combat works and how the turn order works and and all the different actions you can do based on whether you're engaged with somebody or disengaged with somebody. But all of that stuff is like just swept away by how much fun it is to build a character and how much fun it is to do cool things with spells because I was playing the wizard. So that's kind of my my viewpoint into this game and just how much fun it was to play a good old fashioned fantasy RPG again. So I'm going to give it a pass. I think it may have gotten to high pass, except I did find combat clunky at times. Yeah, wizards are super fun in this game. Yeah. <laughs> no question. No question. Uh, Adam. Uh, I was familiar with it before we started, so I wondered if I was going to give it you know, a higher ranking after I got a chance to get it to the table. I'm very familiar with Melee. I play it. I even play it solo. I love it. I think it's great. That's not the fully featured RPG. And I wondered if the Fantasy Trip would do something better than any of the other similar RPGs. So I got a chance to play it, and I've seen it, and I, I have settled, like Nathan, on a pass. I think it's great fun, and somebody looking for a game like this is going to find a lot of material for long-term play uh, in a game like this. I don't know that it's quite a high pass for me, but it's definitely a pass, and I know I will be picking up a copy for myself, if ever. I play an RPG with people who are not recording podcasts with me just so that I have a copy myself. (laughs) So it is a pass, but it's also a purchase. So that's like a pass plus, I think. Yeah. All right, Trey. I agree that it is a pass. But for me, I would, yeah, a little like Adam, I would call this an enthusiastic pass. This game, I, I, I disagree that the combat was clunky. I thought the combat was great just as it was. I wouldn't change that at all. For all the options that you have, I don't know, it would have been nice to have had a little more healing. You know, I know that the, <laughs> yeah. I know that the point, and like I said, I never got hurt because I was charmed in this game for some weird reason. But the problem with having healing be really scarce is that sometimes you just want to get on with it. But... You can't necessarily because several people are hurt and they're not going to just get better in a couple of minutes. You're going to have to go back to town and sit it out, wait for a few days while all of the encounters that you've just had replenish, you know, all the goblins come back or whatever, you know, and then you have to go back at it again. I wish that there had been a build. It wouldn't necessarily have to be a cleric, but the, the sort of build that, Adam does so well the sort of support character where you where where you're giving other people bumps and you know healing people and sort of being the one who makes things happen. I didn't see a way to build a character like that in this game. Yeah. And um hit, hit hit me hit me up in the comments and let me know if I've missed something. Yeah, you can you can build a um, um a sort of doctor. You can build yeah. someone who binds wounds. Sure. Yeah, but you're going to get a point back maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's it is not uh, it's not forgiving uh in that way. Very true. Very true. Heidi, what do you think? Uh well, as a player, uh, I really wanted to fail this game because I Which you can do. I you really, can do. I'm okay. So here's the thing. I'm going to give it a barely pass. Right? Okay. Nice. Barely pass. Sorry. 
Sorry, y'all. Yeah. I'm and and I I struggled, and I think for me this is also the first time I played a cleric. I am not used to that role, so I felt clunky. That's not a reflection on the game. I felt clunky myself. No, it is a reflection on the game because it doesn't lo- really let you build a cleric like 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 you wanted to. It's certainly yeah. not as fun as if you are like a, a wizard or, or into any kind of sorcery. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, but but I think I for me that was a personal. I some of my stuff was just more personal. Like first time playing a cleric. First, or not first time. <laughs> I've definitely rolled poorly before, but I rolled very very poorly in this game. So I struggled from that perspective. I think for me, it's like I said before, the same way I grew up and kind of loved certain movies as a kid. And now I watch it and I'm like, oh man, this is so cheesy, but I still love it and have a place in my heart for it. I I put this game kind of into that category where it's like, eh, I have a really, I have a good heart, you know, a spot for it in my heart. But I don't know that this is a game for me that I would go back and play all the time. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe perhaps if we went on longer, you know, with it, maybe I would feel differently. And I would also very certainly be interested in, I believe, the, the Wizards part and expansions. So I would be interested in, in that. Yeah, I would be interested in that. And perhaps that would hit me a little differently because I definitely appreciate the simplicity of like the character build and some of the systems in this. For sure. Well, you could you could say I set you up for failure though, because I did ask you <laughs> trying to build a healing character, and you're like, "There's no healing in this game," and I was like, "Ha ha, psych." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that I, I set you up for failure. I have to say, this thing for me flutters not between a pass and a fail, or a pass and a high pass, but a high pass and a fail. <laughs> I feel I have very like I have very hot and cold feelings about this. On the one hand. I have never seen a product line that is more helpful to a person running the game. The actual book is absolutely full of useful information for a first-time dungeon master. And if I could, I said, I've said this to you guys before, but if I could go to my nephew who's learning to be a dungeon master, wipe his memory clean of all the stuff he's read over the last couple of years and just hand him this book, he would have a much better game because it's not piled up with this cruft of history of the game. So much of modern gaming and gaming advice sort of assumes, without anybody, any of the authors of these rule books really realizing this, assumes all these things that people know about how to run a game and how to how to go have characters go on adventures and do quests and all that and this assumes nothing and provides you with the most basic information you need furthermore all of the stuff that it provides to help you all of the products that have come up afterwards for the system that support it are all for for running a game to help you get at the table and run a game not spend six months preparing your world or mapping out the npcs but like what are you doing tonight here here's some stuff for you let's go let's get in the game that's that's amazing on the other hand this book has the worst art i've ever seen <laughs> and it's not even excusable by it, well. is it was a different bad. time it's just garbage art it's um, it, it it's almost kind of an insult to read it 
without an acknowledgement that time has passed since the year 1980. It's like, you know, time exists as a thing, right? Like, we have moved forward. You know, and you could argue, like, the big box that I have here is, it says the Legacy Edition. So you could say, well, you know what you were getting into. But still, it's got a fantasy world that you can play in. There's nothing remarkable about it. There's nothing that sets it apart in any way, but maybe that's good. Now, at some point, you're going to have to commit to an answer for your grade. I know. I know. It's my job. Yeah, come on, Professor. Yeah, because this is tough. It's like, who would I say, all right, quit collecting D&D, quit collecting Pathfinder, and play this game? And the answer would be people who, who want to play an RPG that has combat that's interesting and and like building characters to be what they want and not go along a path predetermined for them. <sighs> I know, I know, I know. I am going to give this a high pass. Wow. Yeah. Oh and I my. and I now, now I feel very nervous about it. <laughs> but I do think surely for the amount of material that's available because i do think of things from the gm's perspective the amount of material that is there will help you just run a game not plan a campaign not think about the climactic battle at the end but do what is on the plate for you tonight i just i can't think of a fantasy game that does that does it better really can't i agree with your ultimate decision and the rationale behind it case because a lot of people argue you know support for the game master is great but there's only one game master at the table and there's four five six seven players however if the game master isn't ready then no game happens. Exactly. And so your decision to, you know, decide, well, should I err on the side of high pass because of the support for a game master, I think is a really solid one for that reason. Yeah. And and, and the support is stuff like, you know, sets of cards that are like, hey, here's some rumors that you can give out to your players about what's going on. Or here's an interesting fight that you can set up right now. And here's monsters that have little cards on wipe off, like dry waste wipe off things. So you can add add damage to them and then remove it it's it's just not, there's even a set of cards that describe the rules for grappling Pardon me a second. I have to reset my mind. You can cut this bit out, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Fix it in post, Adam! Uh, so, I completely lost my train of thought. I am stopping recording. Stop well, recording. Maybe Stop. you're stopping recording. I'm going to let this run for a while so that Adam has a harder time of things. <laughs>